0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It was a burial fit for a king. Perhaps you saw it. It was just a few years ago. The burial of King Richard III of England, uh, buried. Many centuries after his death, Uh, you might remember, because it got quite a bit of news coverage, because many celebrities uh, and royalty uh, were invited, Uh, and in fact, one of those celebrities was a long-distant relative of Richard III, the king whom they were burying, and he spoke at the burial, Benedict Cumberbatch. All of these royals and dignitaries, military celebrities attending the body of their fallen king. He received uh, more notoriety perhaps in this burial many centuries after his death than he did at the time of his death. For the reason why he was buried so long after he had died is because he had died in battle uh, in, during the English uh, Wars of the Roses uh, and uh, all of these warring dynasties in England. He died on the battlefield and he was the loser. His rival became the next king. And this king was unceremoniously dumped into a mass grave along with his followers who had fallen. And over the centuries, the location of this had been forgotten. Indeed, it was paved over with a parking lot. But when they found this king, they gave him a very high and noble burial. Contrast that with the burial of Jesus. Jesus, who did not die a heroic battle death as did this notorious king, Richard III. Jesus, who was buried not with the attendance of many dignitaries, indeed, most of his followers were not even present. No, just two disciples and those secret disciples at that. It was all very hastily done in this way, similar to that of the fallen king Richard II, given a burial in a borrowed tomb. And yet, there were some markings that this was not just a typical burial. A hundred pounds of myrrh and sandalwood. This was the amount of herbs and spices, oils and ointments that had been used to bury King Herod some decades before. An overabundance, an extravagant amount. Here we see just a hint of just who this was, whom these two secret disciples were burying. The central figure, of course, of any funeral, of any burial, is the deceased. Here, the central figure is the corpse of the crucified king. The dead body of the author of life. The one who had spoken all of creation into existence now lay dead silent in a cold grave. Here, in his death, Jesus identified with us completely. Just as he had at his incarnation and at his baptism, so too in his burial, he identifies with us. We, the sinners for whom he died, we know that the wages of sin is death. And here, life itself entered into death, entered into a rest, but not an eternal one for you and for me. His battle was accomplished. And He, though it might appear that He was the loser, no, He was the victor. On the cross, He was crowned and coronated our King. By His death, He has freed us From the power of death and of sin and of hell and of the grave. And He has given to us the promise that when we die, we need not fear condemnation, but we may know and even await that coming death in peace knowing that we will be at rest with him. For while he was buried and while he rested on the third day, we know he rose again. And while I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, I have a sermon I want to preach about that on Sunday. (laughs) For us who have been buried with him, in a death like His in holy baptism, we know that we have been raised in a resurrection like His. Well, not quite yet. Our resurrection thus far is more of a metaphorical one. Raised to walk in newness of life until that day when our crucified buried ascended and and indeed risen king comes again to call us unto himself to call us up to call you up out of your grave to live with him forever brothers and sisters of the true Victorious King, Jesus.